threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. We're here to a podcast today, huh? <laughs> it's probably important, uh, weird competitions, eh? Uh, it's very weird. <laughs> uh, Welcome. <laughs> and it's funny that we both went right back to that voice I know. as we started. It's a fun one. That was a little pre-show banter we had going on. <laughs> In Russia, Which will not make it to the actual uh, show. No. no. <laughs> not how it goes. But uh, Kent, sorry. We are very excited about today's uh, <laughs> yeah. podcast. Huh? It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird competition. I, um, a funny, weird uh, topic today, huh? It is a weird topic, but... Um, there's some weird competitions, man. There are. Like, we tried to, I felt like we, we picked up some of the, I don't know, funnier. Yeah, Kind of sure. weird. Yeah. But, man, there are a ton. There's a million like, of them. everywhere. I'm like, it's like, shoelace tying <laughs> competitions. It's like, oh, I, are I don't like, know how to pick through these. So bored. It's like, we got to come up with a competition for this. Uh, my grandpappy used to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't get it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But. Leather stamping competition. It's like, it's all this weird. You're like, ah, this is, The Tandy Leather Championship. You can't even, is it even a competition? You're like, yeah. are they just... There's like eight people who do it in the world. <laughs> yeah. Can you really call it a comp... Like, world championships? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but before we talk about these weird things, yeah. I want to talk about something that isn't weird. Mm-hmm. Self-reliant medical care is not weird. It's something you're all going to have to deal with. And so, you need the book... Mm-hmm. the proper book to do it. And it's the Prepper's Medical Handbook. Mm-hmm. It's not by some dummy. No. It's by a doctor. His name's William W. Forgey. Mm-hmm. He's got a sweet old gray white beard. I saw a picture. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he looks legit. But he, uh, with this book, provides the basis of prevention, identification, and long-term management of those survival medical conditions that you are going to have to deal with yourself. No urgent care. No ER. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, this book, it's structured to easily go through and read and find those things that you're most likely going to encounter with you and your group um, when out there in the wilderness. Okay? So mm-hmm. go get it. You can get it from the preppersmedicalhandbook.com or the easiest way is just go to amazon.com and get you that Preppers Medical Handbook and survive out there. Okay? Get it done, man. Yeah. Get it done. Do it. Well, let's just get right into these weird competitions. Yeah, digging it. It's like some of these are like competitions. Some of them are almost like, um, yeah, rituals or it, something. It kind of is, yeah. It's weird. Yep. Um, and I'll have to say, mm-hmm. England, man, they got they, some, they've got, <laughs> they don't have anything better to do than yeah. to make up games. It's like soccer. Like you, you, yeah, I know. <laughs> you guys make us drink tea all the time. We're gonna do some weird stuff because <laughs> of that. Do some weird like, stuff. Okay. And I also want to say I'm gonna butcher these names. Oh, me for too. These towns, yeah. and cities, and places. Looking Sorry. at this first one, I'm don't like, get how pissed. do I see this? We're gonna butcher it. Um, the cheese rolling event at Copper Copper's Hill in Gloucestershire, England. Mm-hmm. I probably said that wrong. It's Gloucestershire. It's Gloucestershire, South <laughs> England. Um. Yeah, so anyway, the the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake, it's a wake too? I don't get that. That sounds right. It's an annual held event in on the Spring Bank Holiday at Cooper's Hill near Gloucester, Gloucester in England. Delicious Gloucester sauce. <laughs> yeah. Participants race down the 200-yard long che- hill chasing a wheel of double Glou- <laughs> Gloucester cheese. I've never had Gloucester cheese. I haven't either. 
Never once. Well, they obviously just want to roll. Never have raced one either. <laughs> the event has a long tradition held by the people of the local village of Brockworth, but now people from all over the world take part. Um, from the top of the hill, a seven to nine pounds round of double Gloucester cheese, <laughs> I'm going to say it wrong every time, is sent rolling down the hill, which is 200 yards long. Competitors then start racing down the hill after the cheese. <laughs> makes complete sense. Adults running downhill is a pretty it's funny sight. Yeah. The first person over the finish line at the bottom of the hill Wins all the cheese. On their face in scorpion style. <laughs> just like, the thing. Their feet come before <laughs> their head. the back of their head. Yeah. They so get, are they trying to catch the cheese or yeah. are they just like... The, the, so the competitors aim to catch the cheese. Okay. However, it has around a one he- second head start. Oh, there's no way. It's, it's <laughs> It can reach speeds up to 70 miles per hour. <laughs> Again, that's some fast food. So they're just like... Yeah. You're never going to catch it. becomes like... You just have to 30, jump. 40 feet yeah, and then exactly. they're on their face. Yeah. Um, it, it reached speeds up to 70 miles per hour, enough to knock over and injure a spectator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Lost um, these teeth from Gloucester's or yeah. cheese. Got me right yeah. in the face. That's a good event. Good event. <laughs> Let's go have some tea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sip it through my cracked tooth. Multiple <laughs> races are held during the day with separate events for men and women because you can't just nah. can't let the men go with the women. No. No. Hell That's no. still okay over there. Yeah. They can do that. You can separate yeah, it you out. can separate them. Um, in the 2013 competition, a foam replica replaced the cheese for safety reasons. What? Yeah. Ain't even real cheese. Who's going to chase after a don't, fake piece of cheese? Don't bounce like cheese. Don't taste like cheese. Don't roll like cheese. I ain't going with it. Heck no. I'm done with this, this yeah. event. Um, but the winners were actually given prizes of real cheese. They didn't oh, okay. just win the stupid foam cheese. <laughs> the first written evidence of cheese rolling is found in a message written to the Glouc- Gloucester Town Crier. God, jeez. In 18... Cheese. <laughs> cheese, Louise. In 1826. Even then, it was apparent that the event was an old tradition. And it is believed to be at least 600 years old. Jeez. That's how old the cheese is, too. It's all moldy, <laughs> aged. Rolls and flips off that mold. Yeah. So you get it's it called down a mold the roll. <laughs> um, two Some pa- Brits all disagreed. All right. <laughs> yeah. I went that's to my a, Russian. Yeah, it's fine. Um, two possible orange, origins, oranges, have been proposed. <laughs> We've got something on that later. For this ceremony. <laughs> First, it may have evolved from a requirement for maintaining grazing rights on the common. So if you want to just graze, you got to race cheese, apparently. <laughs> I have no idea how that... You have to race cheese to enjoy the events or to... No, to, to, to graze your animals. Oh, graze on, your on, animals. On the common. I graze like yourself. No, no, common no. Common no. graze. No, you got to yeah. race your cheese. No, this is about grazing rights. So oh, that's what it is. It's like a little open range type thing. I don't know. That's I don't weird. know. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, second, there may... There may be pagan origins for the custom of rolling objects down the hill. Man. It is thought, it's thought that bundles of burning brushwood were rolled down the hill to represent the birth of the new year after winter. I mean, who was a kind of pyromaniac know. thought that was a good there, idea? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's burn some stuff and roll down the grassy hill. Welcome to win- summer. Uh. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they um, do. They love those hills, man. They do. They it's have like a thing. Roll, yeah. run down them. 
Anything. Carry a barrel. I'll talk about that yeah. later. Connected with this belief is the traditional scattering of buns, biscuits, and sweets at the top of the hill <laughs> by the master of ceremonies. Buns, biscuits, and treats. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, it's the BBB being spread. I'm ready for my biscuits, Dad. Is the cheese been rolled yet? <laughs> Father, father, has the biscuits been thrown? Don't roll me down the hill, Dad. <laughs> yeah, get us. <laughs> Can I have another John, bun, please? please? Get us a roll of cheese. <laughs> Catch <laughs> that cheese. The whole family's counting on the you, children John. Children are starving. <laughs> we haven't had a real biscuit in years. <laughs> this cheese for Gloucester will be a, a huge benefit to the whole family. <laughs> please, please, good John, catch that cheese. Oh, I've been praying to the good Lord that you will catch that round of cheese and I could have bite into it this evening with my tea. <laughs> good day. <laughs> good day. Cheerio. <laughs> He's got to throw in all those little. <laughs> uh, that's uh, awesome. Yep. Anyways, that's good. I like go. that. That was a good one. Um, this one. How about you just carry your wife? She it's doesn't like it when I do that. I know my wife does. I'm too heavy. <laughs> Don't know how you want to know my weight. You, <laughs> you know. probably break your legs and stuff like yeah, that. I doubt your joints can take my whole body. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break, I'll carry you wherever I want. Get your ass home or something. My center of gravity is only three inches from the ground anyway. <laughs> I got long limbs. It's harder for That's me. That's true. Everything's I long. got short. I'm made to carry. You are. You're I'm built. I'm built to carry. You're built to carry Been a carrying wife. milk out of the cows since I was a little tyke. Yes, sir. <laughs> ain't no, ain't chasing no cheese. No, you I'm ain't. carrying the, the yeah. milk out. Mm-hmm. So, um, this contest originated in Finland yeah. in Sankajarvi. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably nailed that pronunciation. That was Sankajari. <laughs> yeah, we're flying over to Sankajari. Going to yeah. carry our wives on over that hill. Yeah, yes, sir. And uh, its history is based around the 19th century legend of Herko Rosva Ronkainen. Mm. Or Ronkainen the Robber. <laughs> he took our wives on his back and now we recreate this event every year. Ronkainen the Robber. <laughs> There are three stories on how the sport was created. First, oh, three stories. Ronkainen and his thieves were accused of stealing food and women from villages in the mm. area he lived in. Then carried these women on their backs as Get they the ran away. Get the biscuits and the women. <laughs> Get the cheese wheel and the women. I'm hungry and horny. Get them. <laughs> Came a little Irish and Scottish. No, I don't know why. Well, that's what it is. What is Finland sound? I don't know. I can't Finnish get that like? like, yeah. I don't know what they sound like. They probably just speak perfect English, so... <laughs> That's not as fun. The, the Dutch and the, yeah, yeah. all those. Um, anyway, second, mm-hmm. um, it has been said that men would go to villages near their own to steal other men's wives and then okay. have the women become their own wives. They'd get their women and take them and there are women now. <laughs> That's Very Irish. simple process. <laughs> Third is the story of Ronkainen trained his thieves by carrying big, heavy sacks on their backs, mm. which could have been eventually evolved to a sport. They're already carrying big, heavy sacks between their legs, so why not throw it on? We were carrying this heavy sacks. Let's make a sport out of it. <laughs> yeah, pour one over our shoulders. Yeah. You got five points. You got four. You win. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? So the comp, the competitors run the course two, uh, two at a time in initial heats, which with mm. each team being timed, the two fastest teams qualify for a final heat, which mm. may be timed or untimed, whatever you want. <laughs> We're going to pick. With the winner of the final heat being the winner of the event. 
because the final heat is determined by time, which it said it maybe or maybe isn't. <laughs> Qualifying teams do not necessarily have to win their initial heat. Additional heats may run for third place and on. This makes no <laughs> sense <laughs> whatsoever. I don't know where I got those instructions. If you want to run, you get to beat the time. If you want to do the time, we might not do the time. You can have the women on the back. We won't get on third heat, but it doesn't matter because if we time the second yeah. heat, you're not going to worry about heat, heat. Then you're yeah. in, then you win the heat. It's hot out here. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no restriction to, uh, on how the female teammate is carried. Several oh. types of carry are common, including the piggyback, fireman's carry over mm-hmm. the shoulder. Okay. However, the most popular uh, is the Estonian carry, oh. in which the wife hangs upside down with her legs around the husband's shoulders, oh. holding onto his waist. I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's right, I did. Yeah, it's called the Estonian carry. Baby. Yeah, I wish I had to do this. <laughs> so, I just carry my wife in my heart. <laughs> Yeah. Does that, does heavy that work? Enough. Heavy, heavy enough. Heavy enough. Heavy enough. <laughs> no. Um, good one. So, yeah. They, they actually, this, um, I think they have an event in the United States now. Oh, they, sure. They have a website, too. It's like wifecaringcontents.com or something like that. Oh. We're not affiliated with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go there. We don't know. But anyway. Mm, interesting. I like that. Yeah. Wife How caring. about, you ever been to Beaver, Oklahoma, Cam? <laughs> I haven't. <clears throat> I haven't either. There's Beaver, Utah. There is Beaver, Utah. Um but I would love to go down there because it is the um, home of the cow chip throwing uh, championships, which is pretty cool. Frisbee and the turds. Exactly. Each year, people from all over the world travel to the town of just over 1,500 residents to watch and take part of the cow chip tossing championship. Mm. Yeah. The object is to throw a dried up piece of cow dung as far as possible. <laughs> I bet they can get that sailing. Yeah. Drew Russell. He's the most recent champion of the cow chip throwing contest in Beaver, and he's also the new world record holder. What do you, how far do you throw it? Uh, 188 feet and six <laughs> Holy inches. Crap. Yeah. Holy crap! That's what Pun I'm intent. saying, man. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, he got it. That's it's the hot, the furthest they've ever done it in the 45 year history that's of the whole way sport. Far. He's like Tom Brady of cow chip throwing, <laughs> right there. He's the goat. Michael Phelps. Yeah, he's the goat. Yeah, he's the goat. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, so anyways, that's a good one. That's the cow chip tossing championship. Uh, this one, I don't know. This one might be my favorite one. Oh my it's gosh! So freaking weird. What is happening with Yorkshire? <laughs> yeah. So Yorkshire. I do love their pudding. Though. Have you ever had Yorkshire pudding? I don't think I have. It's not actually pudding. It's like a roll. That's sort of like an eggy type of roll. Not making sense. I ain't pudding. It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> So, uh, this ferret legging was an endurance test or stunt in which ferrets were trapped in the trousers worn by a participant, also known as put them down and the ferret down the trousers. Yeah. It seems um, to have been popular among coal miners in uh, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, yeah. England. How do you say it? Is it Yorkshire? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not English. Mm-hmm. Contestants put live ferrets into their trousers. Mm-hmm. The winner is the one who will last the longest and then release the animal. Um, this, last to release. It know. feels. Uh, it feels a lot probably of sexual super weird. Jokes yeah, going this on is here. yeah. So ferret legging may have originated during the time when only a relatively wealthy man in England was allowed to keep animals <laughs> used for hunting, forcing poachers to hide their illicit ferrets in their trousers. I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep them down there. Mm. Um, following a brief resurgence in popularity. Brief. During, yeah. Get it? <laughs> yeah. 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 In the 1970s. Um, it has been probably because bell bombs are like, hey, put a bunch of ferrets in there. I got like five ferrets in one leg. 
<laughs> it's been described as a dying sport, mm. although a national ferret-legging event was held in Richmond, Virginia, U.S. from 2003 to 2009. What? Yeah. In the sport of ferret-legging, competitors tie their trousers at the ankles before placing two ferrets, not one, but two, two, inside and securely fastening their belts to prevent the ferrets from escaping. Gosh, can you wear like a cup? No, you can't wear any underwear, actually. Oh, nothing? Yeah, each competitor then stands in front of a judge as long as he can. Competitors cannot be drunk or drugged, nor can the ferrets be sedated. In addition, competitors are not allowed to wear underwear beneath their trousers. Which must allow the ferrets free access to their wiener. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> free access from one leg to the, to the other. other. Yeah. And the ferrets must have a full set of teeth <laughs> that must not have been filed or otherwise blunted. Like, oh, yes, it can nibble on whatever it wants. So do you bring your own ferret? Uh, yeah, I'd hope so. Because if you did, you could... You like, could train him. Train you him. You don't bite that. Yeah, you... <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Bad you want to get slapped in the head? Yeah. You bite that again. You bite that nut one you more time. You bite that again. <laughs> Don't bite that again. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, cross over. That's right. <laughs> Hang from one side. Switch back and forth. That's yeah. it. Brush along the way. Fair. That's a ticket. <laughs> I'm a witness. You're going to get some treats tonight. We're going to win this competition Don't touch it We're going to win this competition I got to tell you something buddy Look at all the bites I got Go to the doctor (laughs) What happened down there? Well Well, I've been training for a ferret trouser (laughs) Ferret legging Um, I got one in my leg right now (laughs) Let me tell you This hasn't gone well Okay As you're doing the exam Watch out your finger might get bit (laughs) It ain't me doc It's a ferret you get your finger. <laughs> you get you. Anyways, that one I'm just like mm. so weird. Makes no sense. It's uh, it sounds like something we would make up. Yeah. Like you know what we should have done? We should have made up three of these. Uh, we should see if you guys could have figured that w- out. Man, that would have been a good which idea. one was real and which one been was a good fake. idea. Because people would be like, that's not real. Yeah. No way. Oh, boulder dash. Boulder dash. Boulder dash. Nobody puts a ferret in their pants unless they bite their wiener. <laughs> that's not real. Oh man. You know. Yeah. And listen to this. The shin kicking contest. Oh, it's in the same place? Guess where it's from. (laughs) Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire's shin kicking. Yeah, we'll race the cheese and we'll kick the shins. (laughs) I can't believe it's from the same place. I know, I saw that. uh, I didn't realize that. That's That's good. good. Shin kicking is a popular sport, if you didn't know. (laughs) And dates back to 1612. Uh, since then, they have altered the rules to make the sport safer for all. Apparently, oh, before, boy. it was just like, go ahead, kick the shit and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoever wins, wins. First one to die, wins. Yeah. Loses. First one to lose his leg from compartment yeah. syndrome. Now they're like, no, we've got to have some rules for this, this shin-kicking <laughs> event. Ouch. That hurts. <laughs> that, we've got to, that's too too much. We got we to gotta, gotta figure this out. So... Uh, preparing for the event, competitors must wear long trousers or track sh- suits. Good old trousers. You can't put a ferret in the trousers <laughs> for this one. I kicked my ferret. <laughs> I forgot. What well, did I just kick a ferret? <laughs> nope. You didn't even grimace. <laughs> no. No big deal. You got to wear long trousers or a track suit. I'm going to go with the track I suit. I like the probably. track suit. Yeah. <laughs> just like, seem all warmed <laughs> up for Ready it. to go. Competitors, listen to this, they may cushion their shins 
by using straw provided by the event organizers. <laughs> straw. Yeah. So they got a pile of straw there. You can you put it up your trousers. However much you want. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> okay. you can't bring your own straw and you can't do it any other way. I don't know, man. Straw down my trousers versus oh, like getting gosh. kicked in the shin. I'm just going to take it straight. Straw down your trousers is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of went with a thing there. Um, no <laughs> footwear may be trainers, shoes, or soft toed boots. <laughs> you know, soft toed boots. Any form of metal reinforcement toe on footwear is expressly forbidden. For so you sure. can't bring your like oil filled <laughs> work boots to this thing because failure to comply will result in instant exclusion and barring from future events. Yeah, you're just they, done. Yeah, that would that would do it. They don't they don't allow it. All right. So here's the rules of engagement. The bout starts with the competitors putting their hands on each other's shoulders with their arms straight. <laughs> Makes sense. It's almost like dancing in middle school. <laughs> a little bit is what it feels like, right? <laughs> dancing in middle school. Uh, whilst maintaining that position, they must then try to kick each other in the shins with the aim of unbalancing their opponent and throwing him to the floor. Oh, okay. So it's not just about oh, kicking. Okay. I was going to say, when does it end? <laughs> it ends. Nah, it hurts you, too bad. You got to get thrown to the floor. That's that makes sense. So when you're in the middle of a kick, mm-hmm. you can throw them over. Whoever achieves the most throws over three rounds is declared the winner. Oh, so you over and over. Three rounds. Yep, yep. Competitors will be disqualified if they kick their opponent anywhere above or below the shin. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's shin kicking. Yeah. You can't go above that. Not dick kicking. It ain't knee kicking, thigh kicking, face kicking, wiener kicking. If a competitor throws their opponent without raising one leg and connecting with the opponent's shin, the throw will be given to their opponent. Oh, if they, it's a, if it's a dry you shin have to kick? kick. No, you have to kick. You can't just throw them down. Oh. There has to be a kick involved <laughs> okay. with throw. Okay. okay, the contest will be started, fit, uh, finished, and judged by a referee known as a stickler. He's a stickler for <laughs> nah. the rules. He's a referee. He decides the that's fairness. a sweep. <clears throat> you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, um, the fairness and the result of each contest. So that is that's shin kicking in. Uh, that's man. That, that is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I know. Are they dancing or kicking shins? I don't know. Kids <laughs> these days. Kids. Uh, so, how about worm charming? Or worm grunting, or my favorite, worm fiddling. I fiddled my worm right at night. (laughs) That boy's a worm fiddler. That boy's out in the shed fiddling his worms again. I know it. (laughs) What does that mean? Um, Daddy, I didn't fiddle my worm. I'd be a world class fiddler of the worm. Um, So, worm. I'm going to grow up and be a world class worm fiddler, Daddy. You help me with that? So worm charming, worm grunting, worm fiddling, all the same thing, are methods of attracting earthworms from the ground. Oh, okay. The activity is usually performed to collect bait for fishing, but also can be, take the form of competitive sport in areas such as the UK, of course. And East or Texas. Or just East Texas. <laughs> Random. Yeah. As a skill and profession, worm charming is now very rare. Don't fight it much. With the, <laughs> with the, with the that's the, if you want a prepper group, say, how good your worm charming? Yeah. Um, being passed through generations to ensure that it survives. Nice. There are 18 rules. What? Of this event. 18? As determined by the International Federation of Charming Worms and Allied Pastimes. Oh, the IFCWAP? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate those guys. <laughs> I like the allied pastimes. I know. Um, these stipulate that each competitor operates within a three by three meter plot May only okay. use vibrations or music to attract worms. They love Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Who doesn't? <laughs> they love her. It's not allowed to dig or use drugs to attract worms. I got cocaine. Poor little. <laughs> yeah. 
little crack on that. They love a little bit of meth. You put a little on the grass, they come out. You can't, I can't tell you how many worms you get. You can't stop them. They keep coming. <laughs> the whole earth starts moving and all the yeah. worms come up. Um, it may stick a garden fork into the ground and vibrate it to encourage worms. And What's all a garden worms. fork? Oh, one of those. Yeah. Um, and all worms must be returned to the ground once the birds have gone to roost on the evening of the event. This per- this uh, is to prevent a feast for the birds after the We event. hate them bastards. Don't yeah. let them eat too much. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You gotta put them worms back in the ground. <laughs> the current world like record. stomping them back into the earth. Get back yeah, poke ground. it down in there. Just like smashing it to pieces. Give me a shovel. I gotta Don't get these. birds don't get them. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I was like, all right, worms, get mm-hmm. back in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and get that crack out get of it. Get back in you. Give me a bang by um, the The current world record was established on 29th of June, 2009. A date that by, we're living in for me. By 10 year old Sophie Smith what? of Williston, England. Wow. Who raised 567 <laughs> worms what? during Britain's World Worm Charming oh Championship. Oh my gosh, 567? The WWCC. Ah, wow. 567. That's a lot of worms. Yeah, she's good. She's, she's tired. Got down. 10 At years Sophie. old. At Sophie. 10 years old, and she's the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, just. Wow. Yeah, Stars line for some kids. Imagine what she's going to be when she's 30. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Worm filling uh, at its finest. Yeah. Yes. And not even a boy. Not even a boy. <laughs> the main. Con- yeah. The, the what? The worm, the worm tamer. The worm himself. tamer himself, yeah. How about the toilet seat toss? Sounds this fun. is exactly what you think it is, Cam. Yeah. This is a bunch of rednecks. Throwing toys. So is this a? Is this a? They actually have a little event. Yeah, <laughs> it's at the. They actually have the summer redneck games in East Dublin, Georgia. Ah, Georgia. This is one of the big uh, events, and basically, it's horseshoes with toilet seats. seats. Ah, that's cool. Anyways, it's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Something. It was one that was it, there. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this one's pretty awesome. There are so many photos. Yeah, there is of this extreme ironing. Mm-hmm. Which is an outdoor sport that combines the danger and excitement of an extreme sport with the satisfaction of a well pressure. I've always wanted those two yeah. combined. Both of those are extreme, right? Yeah. It involves taking an iron board to remote locations and ironing a few times, uh, a few items of laundry. Yeah. Get your socks, get your trousers, mm-hmm. get your shirt, undies. While you're upside down, Grand Teton or something. Bungee jumping. Yeah. Or something. Extreme right? ironing was an idea that started in. Leicester, England in 1997. Of course it's England. Yeah. I can't believe that, um, I can't, have you seen some of the pictures of yeah, this? Yeah, it's insane. They're like on a rock face with yeah. an ironing board or yeah. somebody underneath the ironing board. This is so weird. Um, in June 1999, there was a worldwide recruitment campaign that involved American, Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, and South African. Um, and this is mm. what kind of led to the extreme ironing uh, international. Mm. Which uh, was when it first was recognized as a sport. In 2000, a team of enthusiastic Germans. Well, yeah, very ex- excited about doing this ironing in this <laughs> very funny. We will do the, the best. <laughs> we are very good at ironing in any place we want to. <laughs> we are the best race. We do the best. <laughs> we are so good at making our shirts very wrinkle free while also climbing a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I ironed <laughs> <the> shirt very good. <laughs> 
This led to the development of easel uh, ironing, a what? branch of extreme ironing that combines ironing with the principles of meditation. <laughs> of course, and a German yeah. extreme ironing research center. What? Exploring the physics of the sport. Who? What? I know. Yeah, they have a center. Of a course, they do. Center? They do it the best. The best. Wow. Yeah. Some okay. locations um, that such performances have taken place include mountainsides, yeah. in a canoe. While skiing or snowboarding on mm-hmm. top of a large bronze statue, oh yeah, in the middle of a street underwater, in the middle of the M uh, M one motorway, mm. cycle race, while parachuting, yep. under the ice sheet of a frozen lake, why not? And the performances have been conducted solo or by groups. Yeah, yeah. you should check out these photos. It's totally worth it. Pretty stupid, extreme irony, <laughs> if yeah. you ask me. I don't even think there's any award. It's just almost like a tongue and cheek type thing. A nice press shirt is the the reward. It is. Yeah. Okay, like, award, reward. <laughs> yeah. You you look good. Yeah. So, okay. get out there. Start uh, doing some extreme How about pantomime horse racing? Yeah. <laughs> this is I think, stupid. It is stupid, but oh I'd probably watch gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. So, like, and, like, people bet on it and stuff. So really? Basically, what this is is... So, it's just like a horse race, but... With two, two people, people in a suit. <laughs> There's a front, front legs and back legs. And these people, they get in this horse costume, and they run around racing each other. Where did this start? Freaking England. <laughs> I figured. Freaking England. <laughs> but it reminds me of like those weirdos that like think they're cats or that yeah. think they're horses or that's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. But I think it's less that, more of just like drunken. We've got nothing else to do. It's Saturday. <laughs> Let's go run. Uh, Should we see how fast we can run on this? What do you think we could do? You think we could run over some <laughs> jumps and some hills? We've got the cheese fest. Uh, We've got the trouser. Ferrets. Uh, uh, Let's do some pantomime. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, England's Grand National and Pantomime Horse Racing Championships <laughs> are but two main events main. that you don't want to miss with contestants going all out in anything from one furlong sprints to steeplechase events. That sounds amazing. Yep. I'm sure that's go. a dying sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta be, right? Gotta be. Outhouse racing. Oh. Pretty straightforward. Sure. You get in an outhouse. Mm-hmm. It has to be falling to certain dimensions, and of course, has to have toilet paper and toilet. And somebody sits in there with the helmet on, and other racers push this outhouse 150 meters towards the finish line. Do uh, do you been have going to have on your, for 42 years? Do you have to have your pants down, like like you're I taking hope so. a deuce <laughs> I hope in there. So. No, I think you, you can don't. have your pants on. Okay. This um, started supposedly in Conconnelly. Uh, Conconnelly. Washington. Okay. So, small northern town that's been hosting outhouse races on Main Street, placing the covered toilets on skis and snow. Oh, okay. One of the outhouse racing officials, Jacob Bile, said, it's just something my grandma and a few other of the chamber members did 42 years ago. They saw a race over in Idaho and decided that would be kind of a cool thing to do here. <laughs> Why not? That is the history. Wow. That's where it started. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, these race outhouses yeah. down a hill. Okay. Okay, that's something. Simple, yeah. This one makes sense because I'm pretty sure I've done this before. Shovel racing. Yeah. You ever seen this? Yeah. Basically, it's like sledding, but instead of a sled, you got a big. It shovel. It kind of makes more sense. Like, yeah. It's better than a regular sled. Yeah. It's, and you kind of have some like you, you do. can steer a little Actually bit. Right. Makes more sense to me. Um, it came from like oddly practical beginnings. Ski resort workers discovered that riding their shovels allowed them to move quickly from point oh, really? to point. So they were up there, you know, doing what they needed to do, and they're like, "I gotta get back down there. How am I gonna do it?" Sit on your shovel, shoot down the hill. Makes sense. You're good to go. So in 1997, shovel racing was even featured in the Winter X Games. 
<laughs> I don't remember that. I don't However, to. due to safety reasons, it did not uh, make safety anymore. reasons. Yeah, it's not safe. They do all that mm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Snowmobile backflips. That's but safe. S- snow shovel racing is banned. Mm-hmm. That's too dangerous. That's, wait, shovels? <laughs> no. Yeah, I ain't gonna fly. You, but at top speed, shovel racing competitors can reach seventy oh, miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, that doesn't make sense. I know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. But, it's but shovel racing is the thing. I thought maybe there'd be like a England had like shield racing. Yeah, something like something that. Huh? Like, yeah. But no, they haven't done that. But what they have done is bog snorkeling. Oh, my hell. Is this another one from England? It is. Of course it is. You guys have got too much time on your hands. <laughs> you I don't do. know what you're doing over there. You do. Go to work once Controlled in a while. Controlled half the world. Yeah. And now you've resorted now to these bored. weird competitions. Now you're bored. <clears throat> and you're just like, we're going to make everything a yeah. competition. <laughs> bog snorkeling is a sport event where competitors aim to compete Two consecutive lengths of 60 yards, water-filled trench cut through a peat bog in the shortest time possible. Okay. Wearing traditional snorkel, diving mask, and flippers. Okay. They they compete the course without, um, sorry, complete the course without swimming. They have to rely on their flipper power alone. So they're just kicking, letting their head do their... Oh, you can't use your hands. You can't use your hands. Okay. So. Weird. People have lost their arms. This is a perfect sport for them. They're made for them. They're more aerodynamic. Yeah. The women's world record stands at one minute, 22.56 seconds by Kirsty Johnson. Wow. In 2014. Job. KJ. The men's world record was set by Neil Rudder. Neil 2018 with the Bob time snorkeling of champion, Neil Rudder. One minute, 18.81 seconds. Yeah, look at that. Mm. Boom. Neil Rudder. Bog snorkeling his, champion. His arms are like withered. Yeah. I don't use them. Wears flippers everywhere he goes. <laughs> Both were set at the... Oh, yeah, I see here. Wayne Ride Bog in Lanarwitzheard <laughs> Wells in Wales. Who spells it something like that? Lanarwitzheard. Looks like like a, like a teenager texted that. Like, some and it's, it English means something like, else. Bastards don't know. These idiots. A water filled trench, sixty yards in length, is cut through a peat bog. Organized. Mm-hmm. This is like the rules. Competitors okay. must wear snorkel mask, flippers. Wetsuit is not. Compulsory, but is often worn. For sure. Bog snorkeling competitors must travel two consecutive lengths. Okay. The course must be completed without using conventional swimming strokes. So there you go. Interesting. If you really like the sound of that, you can enter next year. I probably. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I don't know actually, this is. to me seems like actually would be fun to watch. This one really, yeah. Chess boxing. This one I can't believe it even exists. The World Chess Boxing Organization has exquisitely combined the cerebral which is a four-minute round of chess, <laughs> with the sweet science of pounding the cerebellum, a three-minute round of boxing, until it sprouts chirping birdies. <laughs> There's a limit of 11 total rounds, and a winner can be declared by knockout, checkmate, or referee's decision. So it starts out um, with a four-minute round of chess, and then, it goes, the main, then the it goes to a three-minute round of boxing, back and forth so until someone's either knocked out, or has a TKO, or gets a checkmate. That's kind of cool. Yeah, getting your bell rung and trying to do like, oh, yeah. str- strategy, man, I can't imagine that being. That'd be really tough. be super interesting. And like boxing, like boxing at the same time thinking about what your next move is yeah. on, on the board. Ah, come on. That would that would put quite the mix in there. Yeah, I think that's fun. Yeah, I'd watch that. I'd, I'd watch, watch it. Birdsong Contest. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or the proper name is. Vikensport. This is the Vikensport. Or Finch Sport is what Finch it's. Finch Sport, okay. Is a comp- in Dutch. Um, is a competitive animal sport in which male, common, chaffinches? 
Chaffinches? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are made to compete for the highest number of bird calls in an hour. Oh, also wow. called Vickenzetting, <laughs> finch sitting. <laughs> it is primarily active in Flanders, the Dutch speaking region of Belgium. Okay. A Viking sport traces its origins to the com- competitions held in Flemish merchants or by Flemish merchants in 1596. Mm. <laughs> Chicken bird. <laughs> it has been um, doing this for a long time, yeah, and it's man. considered part of the traditional Flemish culture. As a as of 2007, it was estimated that there are over 13,000 enthusiasts called Vikingers. I'm a Vikinger. How about you? <laughs> Breeding 10,000 birds every year. Jeez. Animal rights activists oppose the sport. Why? I don't know. I don't it know. sounds like they're breeding a lot of birds. Yeah, they're letting them they play like their that, song right? as they should, right? Yeah, let them In a contest, song. a row of small cages, each housing a single male finch, is lined up approximately six feet apart along a street. The proximity of the cages increases the number of calls. As the birds sing for mates and to establish territory, mm. a timekeeper begins and ends the contest with a red flag. Okay. Every time a bird sings a correct terminating flourish to their call, uh, most often transcribed as Susquehanna, mm. a tally mark is chalked uh, is made along the long wooden stick. Good. One. Good job. Two. Susquehanna. The bird <laughs> singing its song is most times during one hour, or the most during one hour wins. Wow. Champion finches regularly sing hundreds of calls and contests. Wow. So, even though this is a very, you know, large gentleman's sport, yeah. it doesn't come without its cheating scandals. Of course. As uh, So, accusations of artificial enhancement. One finch sang a record 1,278 suscuits, wow. or whatever that is, in one hour, and That's... the owner was later accused of doping the bird with testosterone. Oh. Get the bird wiener all... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's ready. <laughs> he's going to town yeah. on that song. After one contestant sang exactly the same number of calls in three rounds, the box was opened and a mini CD <sighs> player was discovered for Of them. course. <laughs> well, every time he's hitting that 1,100, then he's done. And then it starts giving... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you got a scratch nice on his CD. Nice job. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Bird song contest. How about pumpkin sailing? That's this one. I think would be kind of fun. Yeah. So basically, what this is is these people get these pumpkins that are gigantic, like a thousand pounds. They cut them out. Makes sense. I didn't they think they would float, but they put them in the river and they float in them <laughs> for some reason. Pretty cool. In 2022, Dwayne Hansen he celebrated his 60th birthday by doing the unthinkable. You know, he created a boat using an 846-pound pumpkin. What a nightmare. And used it to travel 38 miles down the Missouri River. Crap. Yeah, it was a world record. Wow, that's pretty good. So uh, that's a thing that it's people something do. to do with those big things. Like when yeah. they have them at like the pumpkin things here, what I'm do you like, do with what them? do you do with that? Like, Don't they you got to usually... carry it with a tractor. Yeah. It's like, just pointless. Yeah, there's nothing. You... Yeah, but put it in the river. Float down yeah. with it. I just get out and just float down. Yeah. It's biodegradable. Exactly. So, yeah. pretty so cool. Pumpkin safe. Yeah, I've seen them. They're all painted up. They got, mm-hmm. like, numbers on them and pretty everything. Pretty sweet, yeah. Um, fireball soccer. This sounds pretty fun. <laughs> this does sound Known locally fun. as Sepak Bola Api. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of game of Sepak Bola Api. I play uh, Sepak Bola, Bola Api. Mm-hmm. It is a unique game played by Indonesian students to welcome the month of Ramadan. Ramadan. Or Ramadan. Fireball soccer is a more extreme sport than the regular soccer matches, obviously. <laughs> yeah. This is a sport where they test the courage of students in East Java. Mm-hmm. The sport is celebrated in Yogurtville. 
Yogi Yogi Carta, Bogar, Tasik Malaya. Oh my gosh! And Papau regions in Indonesia. Okay. The ball is made of coconut. Uh, oh. uh, from a coconut from a palm tree soaked in kerosene. Oh well, there you go. Some say they bathe the coconut ball for weeks, and others say, "Nah, just thirty minutes." Some say they bathe the coconut ball for a week. <laughs> Some say, "Daddy, why does the ball burn so long?" <laughs> He's English, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, son. Well, son, some say that they soak the coconut for and then he became like a pirate. <laughs> well, son, son, they soak the coconut for years. <laughs> that coconut falls in the kerosene for a, a week. Our voices are getting so wild. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah. Daddy. Yes, son. <laughs> His dad's a pirate. Some dads are pirates. That's true. <laughs> you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't judge. Somebody's dad out there is a pirate. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. And he knows about this. Oh Fireball gosh. soccer. So the pre-rituals uh, before the game are vital uh, oh, okay. things to do by the player. They light the coconut on fire, soak sure. all the players in salt. And non-flammable spices. Salt? Smart. Let me salt you down, buddy. <laughs> Ow, my ass. I got cuts from that fairy. Just kick it. Uh, say Just a, kick say a little coconut. Um, say a little player. I think it says prayer. Say a little player for you. <laughs> it's a written player. But yeah, no, it is, yeah. And start kicking the ball with their bare feet. Oh, their bare feet? Yeah, players are said to train their spirit. And go through a special ritual that apparently makes them impervious to fire. Hell yeah, no fire gonna hurt me. Rub that sound on your eyes and your face. I'm a You're gonna be the best fire sucker player there is. <laughs> so random. My goodness, he's good. Look at him kick that ball. I've seen treasures, but this kid's a treasure of the sport of fire sucker. He's a ball kicker, that one. A fireball kicker. Uh, players uh, follow uh, set rituals prior to the match, including fasting. Even. They got a fast too. Yeah, sounds horrible. Stop eating. You got your <laughs> match coming up. You haven't eaten or drink and have some salt all over you, <laughs> little brine. Um, fold yeah. your arms, we're saying a prayer. <laughs> you say fold your coffee, <laughs> drink it up. No. <laughs> uh, well, that's something. Fireball. Pirates soccer. like it. They love it. Apparently. They love it. How about sculpture racing? There, that sounds kind of cool. There's a lot that goes into this, like this sculpture racing. A couple of guys like put some wheels on a, a sculpture that their <laughs> sons were building. They thought it was cool, and they all just started racing each other down the street, <laughs> basically. Course. You know what like I mean? It has to go to racing. It's like yeah, you yeah, can't just build a sculpture no. in your garage. You got to race. My it. sculpture's faster than yours. <laughs> and then they, my dad's sculpture's way faster. Yeah, and so like they challenged each other to a race, and then suddenly there was another guy, like some other dude, just showed up, and he won the race. <laughs> Wasn't even like part of this. They're but, just racing, and somebody passes them on yeah, another sculpture. He was a turtle that laid eggs. <laughs> this sculpture, and he won somehow. Doesn't make any sense. But now, like this is a whole thing. Like the event was re re repeated in 1970. The course subsequently expanded to include cross-country terrain. It wasn't just in the road anymore. <laughs> oh now this, like their machines tackle mud, sand, water, gravel, pavement, everything. So that's sculpture racing. They just like any sort of sculpture. It doesn't matter. That's a good idea. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you know, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, any kind of sculpture, yeah, really. Gargoyle go up the mountain. It doesn't that's matter. Fine. Put wheels on it. <laughs> Anyways, that's cool. I like crazy. that. What else? Uh, you know what else you like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Cam, freaking nutrient survival. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nutrient survival. I love it. Made with real ingredients, made in America to keep Americans healthy, strong, and alert. Perfect for today, ready for anything ahead. From hearty, delicious entrees and nutrient-dense snacks to immunity-boosting drinks and strength-building shakes, each with 40 essential nutrients available on handy singles, daily-use pantry packs, durable cans, and 3- to 90-day survival kits, keeping your world safe and your body in peak condition. This isn't your cheap, empty-calorie, bland food storage. This stuff actually has nutritional value and tastes delicious. Yeah. Okay. Check out their NREs, Nutrition Ready to Eat. These things are awesome. Head over to NutrientSurvival.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS for 10% off your order. It's beautiful. You get some fantastic long-term food storage, plus you support the podcast. Awesome. Get it Eat healthier in the apocalypse. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right, so this one is the World <coughs> Series of Birding, or oh, Droning, whatever. This is know. different than the, the singing. This is different than the singing. Okay. These are lookers. Mm-hmm. These are watchers. These are bird watchers, and there's a competition. Okay. The World Series of Birding began four decades ago mm-hmm. with the purpose of raising awareness for the importance of protecting birds in a fun, competitive venue. Okay. Okay. Um, what... What began back in 1983 by a small group of forward-thinking birders, mm-hmm. Pete Bachinski... Oh. Pete Dunn and David Sibley. Dave probably felt out of... He's like, I don't know, I need to be a Pete. My name ain't Pete. <laughs> Pete, Pete, and David. I'm going to go request a change it to Pete Sibley. <laughs> Pete Sibley. Um, this is invo- has evolved into an annual 24-hour competition where upwards of 100 teams compete to count as many bird species as possible while raising awareness and funds to help protect birds. Okay. Rules? You got to see good and count good. That makes sense. <laughs> so you just like go wherever? Do I don't know. Like I was a... going to say, if it's in the same place, you're like, magpie. Yeah. I saw the magpie too. Magpie. I saw a magpie. We all saw Sparrow. Magpie. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's getting the same score. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 100 teams. Now you look south, I look north. Yeah. 100 teams. Everybody got first place. I like how they have like, it's like a sniper and, a, and then the, mm. um, what's it, sniper sport? The guy that's like watch. Oh, yeah. yeah He's yeah. like. You get that bird over there, you just get him. Look over there. <laughs> Look, get him. Chalk it up, put it down. So, How about the word world beard and mustache? This would be cool. Championship. I'd like to see this. It's a biennial competition hosted by the World Beard and Mustache Association. That's WBMA, Not if that. you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In which men with beards and mustaches display lengthy, highly styled facial hair. That sounds cool. The first championship took place in Hoffen an der Enns, Germany. We have the best beards. We have beards are the best in That's the whole right. world. <laughs> like big, I can't do it. We will beat the entire world <laughs> without beards. <laughs> You just got to get the Arnold yeah, I gotta get the scream Arnold. in there. Nah, you got the big beard. <laughs> Since 2007, the official World Build, beard, build, beard and Mustache Championships beard building. have been held every two years on odd years only. Uh, there are three brackets of facial uh, hair. Only on odd years, huh? Mm-hmm. Can't do it on even. Three, Don't grow good on Three even. brackets of facial hair. Mustache, partial beard, and full beard. Mm. Each bracket is broken into individual categories. There's 17 categories. <laughs> but there were 18 different categories in 2009, 2013, and 2015 championships. And 27 uh, categories. Of course. In Gotta have more categories. I- including, the, for the first time, craft beard categories. Well, that's got that's cheese, craft, craft cheese beard, in it. Uh, craft beard. Um, a new category for one centimeter short carved beards was introduced in 2013 and repeated in 2015 called the trend beard. 
my gosh. Zone so it's like 15,000. They even have a ladies <laughs> category. Oh, the nice. whiskerinas. Oh. <laughs> very nice. Oh, these ladies have got the beards, huh? Ah, very nice. Very the nice. whiskers. Mm-hmm. That's Anyways, cool. That's that's the thing. So here's kind of a old barbaric type thing. Okay. Tar barrels tradition. Yeah. So the exact origins are unknown, but probably started after the gunpowder plot of 1605 for you historians. I have no idea. Gunpowder plot of 1605. Yeah. Various yeah. alternative reasons suggest for burning barrels have um, included fumigation of cottages mm. and as a warning of the approach of the Spanish Armada. So November 5th, each year is marked by... 1955? Yeah. November no, 5th. 1605. I know. What, is, what are you talking about? It's a Back to the Future reference. Oh, Never mind. I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry about that. Mm. November 5th, each year is marked by a tar barrel racing, an ancient tradition predating Guy Fawkes... <laughs> In which men, women, and children as young as seven years old set light to wooden barrels soaked in tar and run through the streets with them on their heads at what? great speed. Yeah. On their heads? Yeah. They carry them like on their backs and they're like burning out the sides. It's crazy. Sounds like a bad idea. It's a great idea. Is the this West in England? Country, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. The West Country has a history of torchlight proce- uh, processions and a tradition of burning barrels and rolling them down the streets. But Autry, Autry. is the only village... <laughs> Where barrels are rolled but carried above the heads. We don't roll them. We put them yeah. over our They figured heads. it wasn't challenging enough. Mm. They're like, by hell, we'll put it on our backs. Yeah, you those guys just rolling them. We're going to put them right on our freaking heads. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. um, like a day long, and they yeah. just like have these people running down the street with a big old burning tar barrel. They'll, Can you imagine, soak, like, they'll soak the barrel for weeks before and then start that stuff. You imagine just bar. like this is a thing you look forward to every year. I know. Year. This yeah. is like it's like a Christmas yeah. thing or like a Halloween. My favorite year. <laughs> My favorite time of year mm-hmm. is Christmas and tar barrel. Tar barrel time is a special time for families. <laughs> you know? I love it. It uh, smells of burnt tar. Yeah, that smell Can't of burnt tar that, and rolling cheeses. Oh. Just delicious. Uh, delicious. <laughs> We live in the best country. <laughs> this country used to be the best, but we're still the best because we got all these crazy <laughs> things to do all year long. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and now you're Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, it's just all over. Uh, Anyways, cool. So there you go. How about cell phone throwing? I've done that. We've all done it once or twice, yeah. but now it's an international sport. <laughs> Started in Finland, Finland huh? yeah, in the year 2000. It's a sport in which participants throw Where's mobile Nokia? phones. Where's Nokia? Nokia is in... Don't Where did Nokia come from? Don't know. Is it Sweden? Swedish? I don't know. Swish? I don't Swish-ish. know. Um, it's a sport in which participants throw mobile phones and are judged on distance or technique. It's not just distance. There's technique in this. World record holder Dreis Fetemans, um, with an official Guinness world record throw... Finland. Of, that of, makes sense. Okay. Nokia. With her uh, world record throw of 110 meters... Oh wow, dude! <laughs> like that, you freaking Fling got a hold sucker. of that sucker. And let, let me talk to my wife for a minute. It's a boom, <laughs> baby. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> there are usually four categories in the oh, sport. Wow. Um, the original, it's also called traditional. You can call it either one. Is an oh. over-the-shoulder throw, furthest distance winning. Simple meat and potatoes Man. of <laughs> cell phone throwing. Okay. <laughs> then there's freestyle. This is where you get points for and creativity or choreography. Maybe mm. you're doing like Shakespeare while you're Capiota or Capoeira. Capoeira, whatever. Capiota, was that a pudding? Tapioca. <laughs> got um, some weird name yeah. in there. Then we got team original. 
you have three competitors, you have one throw each, and their scores are added together. Then wow. you got the junior, 12 and younger. Okay? The phones I think used, I played this on Xbox. Yeah, they got it, it on Wii. Game. They got it on Wii. <laughs> it's a Wii it's game, a Wii that's game for, for sure. sure. The phones used vary not just between events, but between com- competitors, with any phone that weighs over 220 grams being acceptable. Okay. So... Yeah, the junior, huh? That's pretty fun. Yeah, the junior. That's fun. Kids aren't left out. No. The Great Narrowsboro Bed Race. (laughs) Narrowsboro? Narrowsboro. Has been, (laughs) this has been held every year since 1966, excluding the worst years in history. Uh, 20 and 21. Except for the COVID years. It's always. (laughs) We died on the beds. Everybody was sick. Yeah. We needed to use the beds. <laughs> it's, always, it's always on the second Saturday in June, if you're wanting to know. It's a, it's a lot like Thanksgiving. Yeah, yep. It's a mighty pageant of decorated <laughs> beds, passengers, and runners. I'm going in and it's out It's a of mighty pageant. <laughs> Combined with grueling aesthetic con- uh, contests around the course of 2.4 miles. Jeez, 2.4 miles. Yeah, huh? so it's kind of crazy. I, I was looking up pictures of it. They'll basically... Like, then you have this large team, and typically they have a kid on the bed. The kid mm-hmm. has to wear a helmet, and they go from like this. Look, all this they go through. They go through Parkland, mm-hmm. through the Nid Gorge, oh. up the steep Castle Ings to the town center. Ooh. They Tough. then hurtle down High Street and Bond End. You got to look these up. Okay, cross High Bridge and dash to the climb. I can't say it that way. <laughs> dash to the climax of the event: the thirty-yard swim through the ever icy waters of River Nid. Do they take the bed through Beds, the water? Racers and all. Yeah. Wow. So you see these kids like terrified, and these guys are running along. So a waterbed would be good. Waterbed would be great. Because <laughs> you just float through <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but yeah, the kids like sitting on there with a the helmet, like, yeah. I don't want to be part of this. Daddy's a teacher. But they do yeah. it. They mm. do it. I better get my biscuit after this, right in this <laughs> bed all over. Mm. Team crumpled. Yeah. How about gurning? The Gurning World oh, yeah. Championships. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you know what a gurn or a chuck is? I didn't ba- know that's what it was called. Basically, a it's a distorted facial expression yeah. and a verb to describe the action. So gurning is making that facial expression. Oh, okay. okay. The typical gurn, so if you're, if you're wondering, it involves projecting the lower jaw as far forward as you can <laughs> and up as possible. <laughs> and covering the upper lip with the lower like lip. Like those guys that have no teeth or yeah. a jaw. They just mm-hmm. like close their whole yeah, face around. Yeah, they're gurning. So the gurning contests are rural English tradition, of course. <laughs> they're held regularly in some villages with contestants. We should have flown and done this episode in England. <laughs> we should have. With contestants traditionally framing their faces through a horse collar. You know, like those big, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you would, you know, like, put, like a plow. Yeah. And, yeah, it's one of those. It's known as gurning or through a braffin. Through Braffin. Gurning through a Braffin. Uh, the World Gurning Championship takes place annually at Egremont Crab Fair. Gurning through the Braffin. Nah, Gurning through a Braffin. <laughs> the, the fair dates back to 1267. Holy crap. King Henry III. He loved it. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him, the Gurning. We're going to make an annual Off with event. <laughs> Not funny Kill enough. that one. What the rest of them? Bring them back next year. <laughs> this is quite fun. This is, I like this. Let's race some beds and do some gurning. Um, <laughs> Where's our cheese wheels? Yeah, <laughs> cheese wheels. Those with the greatest gurn capabilities are often those with no teeth. Yeah, that makes as this provides sense. greater room to move the jaw further up. 
That's awesome. Right? Yeah, I can't do it. I got teeth. Gurning, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts a little bit. In some cases, the elderly or otherwise toothless can be capable of gums covering the entire nose. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's Swallow when... their face. <laughs> that's when you know a good a good gun. <laughs> when you can't see the nose. Yeah, a good gun if I've seen one. <laughs> I've never seen a gun like that. Can't even see his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> He swallowed his upper lip. He swallowed his bangs, boy. <laughs> That's a fine gurning. That's a fine gun right there. That's a fine gurning if I've seen one. <laughs> He's a Scottish guy now. Uh, okay, so this one is called the Tunarama oh, okay. Festival. Started in 1980. The idea came from the observation. Observation. <laughs> observation. The main method of unloading overflowing fishing boats was a manual and very physical demanding task. Sure. From the decks of the boats, men would haul these huge fish up onto the waiting trucks, testing their strength with every toss. In search of a few hours, locals would line up, um, yeah, in search of work. Mm -hmm. Basically, locals would line up and attempt a simple test, throwing tuna as far as they could. Oh, okay, Whoever threw it the furthest would get work that day. So it became an event. I just was looking at their website, though, and they said that it had, like, Come to an end. I don't know why. Probably because of COVID. Yeah, probably. All the tuna got COVID. We can't throw them anymore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, how about the World Pea Shooting Championships? <laughs> that sounds pretty fun. It's been held annually since 1971 <laughs> on the second Saturday in July in the village of Witcham near Ely in Cambridgeshire. Of course. England. And has attracted competitors far afield as the USA, Canada, Scandinavia, France, Spain, New Zealand, and Holland. So, peas are shot at a 12-inch target. Father, sm- would it be a worm charmer? <laughs> It'll be a pea shooter. Yeah, my daddy was a pea shooter. Your daddy was a pea shooter. You're going to be a pea shooter. Your kids are going to be a pea shooter. But father, <laughs> but father, I want to chase the cheese. Please. Please let me chase the cheese. Please let me. You can. Uh, um, peas are shot at a 12-inch target smeared with glazing putty. Ooh. <laughs> what is that? I get to sm- uh, smear the target. <laughs> I get to lick my fingers afterwards. <laughs> Stop sucking on your glazing putty, boy. <laughs> Save some glazing putty for everyone. Everybody's got to do the pea shooting. Don't Eat all the glazing putty. <laughs> You're going to get a tummy ache. <laughs> so, I can't stop eating the glazing putty. Like, give me some Yorkshire pudding with <laughs> this glazing putty. Love glazing putty. Glazing putty. But it's perfect with my cheese. Father. <laughs> Father. <laughs> I have to throw in the high pitch. I, I love that. Anyone is permitted to enter. There's no, they don't put any rules on this. No. Okay. You alive, you can enter. <laughs> pea shooting thing. They must not, your pea shooter can't exceed 12 inches in length. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody else feels bad about themselves. Everybody's super embarrassed. Yeah. Look at that pea shooter. And you can't share your pea shooter with other competitors. <laughs> One pea shooter per shooter. Okay? Good. That sounds like a good rule. No laser pea shooters allowed in the ch- children's events. I'm kidding. Yeah. <clears throat> they shoot eyes out. But in the adults, you can't have a laser pea shooter. You're too worried the kids are going to blind each other. Yeah. Uh, there are no technology restrictions. Like, you could have, like, a satellite <laughs> pea shooter or something. <laughs> Provided peas to be pro- propelled only by blowing air by mouth. Oh, okay. Okay. You can do whatever the hell else you want. What else are you going to do? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. T- target distance is 12 feet for adults, 10 feet for over eights, and 8 feet 
for under sevens. <laughs> I was confused reading that sucker. <laughs> Nobody knows how long. It is. There's some numbers involved. Uh, just find some glazing. Twelve over ten, ten over eight, five <laughs> over seven feet. Get to pay shooting. <laughs> Wait, which class am I in? Only, <laughs> only peas provided may be used. Can't bring your own damn peas. <laughs> Okay, that's <laughs> uh, just not regu- regulation size P. Yeah, he brought his own piece. He brought his own piece. Oh man, he's ruining the glaze. <laughs> his pieces are not regulation size. His pieces are grown too big. Um, only uh, yeah, on five per. Curt- Per contestant in early rounds, 10 in the semis and the finals. <laughs> These numbers don't make any sense. No. 10 in the 5, or the 5 and the 10 with the 15 feet, you got to choose to be 7 yeah, if you want to get 7 unders, 7 for 8 unders, and you got a 10 for the 12 <laughs> rounders. Peach is the finest championship. Uh, I've been huffing the glazing putty. Yeah. Woo. Okay. I'm getting lightheaded. How about screw the peas? Wait, <laughs> screw the peas championship. How yeah. about cherry spitting can- championship? Championship. <laughs> Man, Pit, spitting this, is championship. Getting, this is getting rough. Yeah. International cherry, sp- oh my gosh, cherry pit spitting championship pit spitting. held in Eau Claire, Eau Claire, Michigan, was founded in 1974. His little sister was named Claire. Eau. She always picked her nose. Eau Claire. <laughs> You know, that's what they mean. Naming it after her. It's yeah, making Claire. fun of her. Yeah. Um, by Herb Teichman. 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 The owner of the Tremendous Fruit Farm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. Tremendous. It's tremendous, kids. <laughs> um, to raise awareness of both his farm and the tart cherry harvest. Yeah. Each contestant is allowed to pick three cherries and one at a time chew around the cherry pit. They then stand um, with their feet against the line and spit the cherry seed as far in front of them as they can. Mm. The contestant is given three attempts, then their longest spit is measured. The competition has multiple categories to compete in, including adult male and female categories, as well as the youth categories of 500, 6, 8, over, and 10, 12, <laughs> okay. 19, and 5. Yeah. <laughs> it was at this competition where Bert Bryant Brain... <laughs> Where Brian Younggun Kraus claimed the Guinness World oh, Record man. in 2004. He spit 93 Whoa, feet, geez. six and a half inches at the International Cherry Pit Spitting Championship in Eau Claire, <laughs> Michigan. Brian Younggun Kraus at it again. Spit on his pit. Boom. Yeah. That's crazy. How about the World Toe Wrestling Championships? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's a sport involving two opponents who lock toes and attempt to pin each other's feet down. Similar, it's like arm wrestling, but with your freaking toes. It's gross. It's stupid. It was invented in 1976 in Staffordshire, United Kingdom. Of course. By four drinkers in the ye old Royal Oak Inn. The World Toe Wrestling Championship was held annually since 1994 in Derbyshire, England. The most prolific player is Alan Nasty Nash, a multiple-time <laughs> champion. Look at these toes. <laughs> Nasty Nash at it again. I'm wearing my thongs today. Um, Lisa Twinkle Toes Shenton is a previous women's world champion. It's similar to arm wrestling. To play, players must take off their shoes and socks as the game is played with bare feet, obviously. <laughs> players must link toes, and each player's foot must touch flat on the other person's two other persons two out of three rounds rounds are played first with the right foot then with the left and the right again so their necessary. foot's flat and then the, they just lift their toes They're trying to wrestle them to the ground 
Stupidest thing I've ever seen. It is stupid. Oh my yeah. Yep. Battle of the Oranges. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing now we probably put too many competitions on here. That's <laughs> all right. Just deal with it. Battle of the Oranges. The Carnival of Ivre is a festival in northern Italy or the Italian city of Ivrea, okay. which includes a tradition of throwing oranges between organized groups known as the Battle of the Oranges. It is the largest food fight in Italy and surrounding countries. Oh. This is kind of interesting. Um, one of the citizens is elected uh, Mugnaya, mm-hmm. Miller's daughter. Legend has it that the that Ivrea once was ruled by an evil duke. Um, after, uh, yeah, I was going to skip all that. Go ahead. Violetta got married, and the Duke claimed his droit du seigneur, or what is seigneur, the right to spend a night with each newlywed woman. Oh, yeah. And forced her into his castle. Great plan. Once in the Duke's room, uh, Violetta used the opportunity to cut off his head. Boom. Starting a revolution that eventually brought about the destruction of the castle. Today, the carriages are said to represent the Duke's armies, and the orange throwers are revolutionaries. Oh, yeah. So, boom. Um, basically a bunch of people get together and they just pummel each other with, with oranges. oranges. The thing that's kind of weird about it, they said an estimated 265,000 pounds of oranges were brought into the city because they don't naturally grow there in Sicily. So it's like, yeah. why use those? Why did you throw They said originally it was beans, then it was apples. Yeah. Later they decided, and then <laughs> later in the 19th century, oranges came to represent the stones thrown at the king's castle. But for some reason... It it, it's not even a natural thing there. So. Doesn't even make sense. That's all men to have a food fight. Throw pasta at each other or something. <laughs> it's a pasta. It's a pasta. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> oh, man. How about the Naki Sumo? The, this one? What this is, is this? awesome. The Naki Sumo Crying Baby Festival is an annual Japanese festival in which babies are held in the arms of sumo wrestlers in an open-air sumo ring. Okay, put this in your brain box. Listen to it. I'm listening. Uh, two babies compete in a short match in which the first child to cry is proclaimed the winner. That's it? Oh, yeah. According to the Japanese folklore, the crying baby has the power to ward off evil spirits, while a strong, loud cry indicates the child will grow up strong and healthy. A Shinto priest opens each festival with rituals to pray for the healthy growth of each baby. The staff at the shrine hand make four-pronged kabuto helmets for each participant to wear during the crying competition. That's kind of okay. nice, and they commemorate <laughs> com- and they create commemorative gifts for and souvenirs for the parents. Sumo wrestlers empor- employ a variety of techniques to encourage crying, including bouncing the baby in their arms and making loud noises and funny or scary facial expresses expressions and chanting "naki naki naki," which means cry. Ugh. Oh, naki naki naki! Not prepared for crying, baby. Naki naki naki. <laughs> My baby cry better than yours. Naki naki naki. Naki naki naki. That's crazy. In, anyways, pretty stupid. That is pretty stupid. Uh, but you know what isn't stupid? The mission of off the grid surplus. No. no Their mission is to inspire greater connection through adventure. They do that by creating extremely functional and everyday wearable products at a great price to take you off the grid. Uh, Cam and I actually just sat down with the owner of Off oh, yeah, the Grid Surplus. Right. This podcast will come out real soon. We just had a conversation with him about how he started doing the things he did and all the things he's doing and what's coming up. And these dudes are just, they he do knows it how right. to build some clothes. He knows how to build some clothes. Like his history in the clothing industry is pretty freaking cool. So you got to check that out. It's going to come soon. But before that, go to offthegridsurplus.com and use our code casualpreppers15 and you're going to get an extra 15% off anything you order from the website. Uh, so go do it. They've got the best clothing out there for preppers. Yeah, they do. No they doubt. really do. 
How about a baby jumping competition? <laughs> okay. I saw that. I didn't look into this one at all, so I'm super curious of what's going on here. Baby jumping. In that sounds Spanish. like a terrible idea. El Colocho. Oof, I landed on the baby. Knocking, knocking, knocking. Knocking, knocking, knocking. Oh, cry, baby. <laughs> um, El Calocho. It's a traditional Spanish festival dating back to 1620. It takes El place. Calocho. El Calocho. Disney's coming out of that movie next yeah. year. It takes place annually to celebrate the Catholic feast of Corpus Christi. Oh, okay. During the act, known as El Salto del Calocho, mm. the devil jump, or simply El Calocho, men dressed as the devil in red and yellow jumpsuits jump over Arriba! the babies. <laughs> babies born during the previous 12 months who lie on a mattress in the street. Okay. So uh, the devils hold whips and oversized castanets as they jump over the infant children. Before the jump begins, the devils <laughs> the devils taunt onlookers until the arrival of the Atabalero drummers. They taunt the onlookers. These pious men signal the beginning of the jump, which represents the devils being driven out and on their way. <laughs> they jump over the babies, absorbing their sins. Okay. Got it. Take the baby sins. Makes sense. It's a good jump. Those sinful babies. Those sinful little babies. It's like the whole thing with original sin, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, weird stuff going on. That is weird. I didn't know it was anything to do with that. Now you know. I thought it was just a competition. Jump over a baby. Nope. I do that all the time. Yeah, I do that. My kids on line up. Line up. We're going (laughs) to jump. Um, This one is called the Bubble Bubble Challenge. Bubble Baba. Bubble Baba Challenge is an event held in the rapids of Vukosil River in Russia. Whereby contestants race in the water using sex dolls as flotation devices. What? Yeah. Mm. It began in 2003 and is staged every year. Around In 2011, around 800 people participated in the race. Wow. But in 2012, it was banned by the authorities because of dangerously high water levels. Okay. Which was being done to repair the roads. Or, yeah. Um, because of work that was being done to repair roads. Organizers disputed the ban, claiming that it was only affected as part of a countrywide clampdown on mass gatherings. Oh, okay, of course, yeah. Participants of either gender are allowed to compete, but are required to be aged 16 or over and must pass a compulsory... <laughs> alcohol uh, test. Alcohol test. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Can't be drunk. You 16? Well, you can race with Oh, you are balls. drunk? You're fine. <clears throat> Go ahead. So That's interesting. That sounds like Russia. Yeah. Be-wearing competitions... Okay. In 2011, there were only two people who registered for the event that took place in <laughs> Shenyang City, China. Oh, it's, okay. Wearing nothing but shorts, goggles, and nose plugs, 42-year-old Wang Dallin and 20-year-old L.C. <laughs> Konjang. <laughs> he stood on his scale and used a queen bee to attract as many regular bees on their bodies as possible in one hour. Within minutes, swarming bees pick up the scent of the queen. That's crazy. And form a living full body suit. I've in, seen them like covered. Yeah. Like there's no yeah, human crazy. scene underneath. In the end, it was Dallin who managed to beat out Kyon Jang. Bee. Yeah. Hell. By attracting 26 kilograms of bees on his body. Holy crap. Which is approximately 350,000 bees. That's Pretty insane. crazy. He's yeah, allergic a, and he died. Yeah, and he's dead now. That's crazy. Yeah. World Championship Death Diving. Oh, so boy. this is just a, an extreme freestyle diving form um, uh, where they can do whatever they want, basically. Oh, sounds <laughs> the great. The roots of death dive, diving are in Norway, where Dodd's events still dominate. Um, the World Championship has taken place in Oslo, Norway, 
Every August since the event de- debuted in 2008, jumps are performed from the platform 10 to 15 meters high. Basically, there's two classes, classic and freestyle. Classic uh, competitors fly horizontally with their arms and legs extended until they hit the water, and they, can, they can't rotate or anything. So is that like a belly flop? Belly flop, and then they pull in at the last second. Okay. Competitors curl into the fetal position just before they hit the water. Oh, that sounds And bad. then the other freestyle, um, they can just do all kinds of weird, goofy tricks and rotations and flips. Cool. And that's it. That the current fun. world record in height is 34.25 meters and is held by Frenchman Gomez Gerardo. Mm. In the women's class, the record is 24.8 meters and is held by Norwegian Asperjorg Nesji. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how that's said, I'm yep. sure. Asperjorg. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. Dang, this Asperjorg. one I actually think is kind of funny. The Clow Wow. What's that? It's the it's known colloquially as the World Santa Championships. Oh, oh, nice. Um, it's a festival go that. of Santa themed activities and contests that in the past have included um, opera skiing, A P R E S skiing, um, climbing various structures. So, like you know, Santa would have to get up on the thing. <laughs> Sled racing, obviously, Santa. So thing. they're all dressed in Santa. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's all, and then a bunch of other stuff that Santa Clauses just don't do, but they just do it for fun. This is where. This is, um, I don't know, in Swiss. Swiss uh, winter uh, resort. Samnawan. Uh huh. Anyways, it's pretty cool. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's it just a bunch of Santas doing Santa themed <laughs> things. So this one. Oh my gosh. This one is the weirdest thing. It's super it's, weird. It's morbid, man. Yeah, it is. It's messed up. I can't believe they still do it. Buskashi. Buskashi. Other, in other words, it's called goat polling. Oh, my gosh. It's the national sport in Afghanistan. It is a traditional sport in which horse-mounted players attempt to place a goat or calf carcass in a goal. This is so disgusting. Similar games are known as Kokpar, Kupkari, and Ulak Tarshin or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so different countries actually do the same thing, just mm-hmm. a little different, a little different amount of players and rules. So before the game, the carcass is decapitated, gutted and soaked in water for 24 hours, ensuring it stays in one piece because they're grabbing at it, trying to pull it out of each other's hands. They're whipping each other. And they're trying to throw it in the goal. It's a dead goat. It's a dead bo- Yeah, it's that not like, like cut it's, up. And so, um, it's that. So they they soak it. Sometimes they fill it full of sand for some for mm-hmm. some weight. And to kick things off, it's then placed in the centerpiece. And on the signal, horsemen race to grab the carcass and maintain their possession, fighting off each other with like they're kicking, they're whipping, and everything to try and uh, yeah. get it into the goal. Um, in in Persian, book. Bukashi translates to goat grabbing and actually the simple name um, is introduced in this is why it kind of where it started introduced by nomadic Turkic populations between the 10th and 15th centuries during westward migrations from China to Mongolia the game's foundations lying goat and cattle theft between nomadic Mm. tribes it's like when they're trying to like steal animals from each other um, but yeah, the fierce game sees horse horseback players fight for the possession of a goat or calf carcass and is played across much of Central Asia by numerous ethnic groups. It's not just like a simple one game. Like yeah. it's played all over. Yeah. And they use a dead goat almost all the time and they just try to like, like some of the, some of the attire, for example, riders in former Soviet Union, uh, often wear salvaged Soviet tank helmets for yeah. protection. Yep. The boots usually have high heels that lock into the saddles to help them lean and grab and pull and stuff like that. Games can last for several days, <sighs> oh and the winning team receives a prize, not necessarily money, as a reward for their win. Top players such as Aziz Ahmad 
are often sponsored by wealthy Afghans. Oh so gosh. it's like a big sport. Um, but yeah, the rules, the ground um, has a square layout with each side long. Each team consists of 10 riders. Only five riders from each team can play in a half. The total duration of each half is 45 minutes. There's only 15-minute break between the two halves. The game is supervised by a ref. That is so weird. So weird. Like, and it's had, a big deal. Like, I had no idea that I didn't, existed. I didn't either. No and idea. And it's like legit. Like uh, wealthy wow. people put money behind it. Yeah. And it's it's like attended like soccer. That is so, so weird. the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Bo- uh, that was called um, Bukuskashi. 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 Yeah. That's crazy. One more for you. Um, competitive sleeping. This is a real deal. Yeah, well, sort of. Sort In 2010, of. Spain held its first national siesta championship to find the best napper and revive the tradition of taking a nap after lunch. All you had to do was sleep for a full 20 minutes in the middle of a shopping mall. That's uh, it? Uh, yeah. It's like, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard. I, I can't sleep. I couldn't. In my bed. But a lot of people can do or that, right? In the cold. I'm like, That's perfect. Not, I can't sleep. Not to be outdone, U.S. Sleep Tools brand Marpak announced the Competitive Sleeping League Championship in 2018. CSL. Yeah. Marpak claimed the CSL started in 1998 after the rapid growth of the California Sleeping Club and partnered with College Humor to live stream the championship. <laughs> Anyways, that's a thing it's that It's kind of a happened. funny thing, but it's... Yep. It's yeah. weird, pretty weird. Yeah. But guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Tech Pack. The only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional grade stuff inside. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS and you're going to get a free $70 machine made part from Next Level Armament. If you got an AR-15, if you love EDC gear, you've got to get Tech Pack. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS for that free gear. Tons of free gear. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Anything else, Cameron? No, that's that was, it. That was crazy. You can go and invent a game, mm-hmm. move to England. It's going to be picked up, and it'll be important. 100%. <laughs> you can make up whatever you want there. Yep. All right, guys. Stay survived.